And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And Jamie forgets her words. No, I, I know the words. I was very tempted to scream it like I was in oh, hell. God, please But then don't. I figured that would just <laughs> please do your eardrums in. <laughs> the fucking loudness normalisation I already have to do on our fucking podcast is so much. I, and we still come out sounding like we're yelling. Are you going to do your bit or are we just going to sit here? Oh, God. Um... And I shut my cake hole. That's still really loud, but oh well. All right, we're just skipping that. <laughs> Today we're talking about the 16th episode, the finale of season three of Supernatural, titled No Rest for the Wicked. Jamie, what did you think? Okay, so I'm going to start with my PSA for this week. Oh, okay. Wait, yeah. I had a guess. Oh, you had a guess. What's I your did. guess? My guess for your PSA is that you shouldn't make promises that you can't keep. Oh, you're very, very, very close. Am I? Oh my yeah. goodness. Wait, what was it? My PSA this week was consider contracts before you sign them. Oh. Look at the terms and conditions. Consider what you are responsible for. Consider what they're going to do for you. Actually look at the fine print, you know? That's really good advice. I won't follow it. Okay. But I appreciate it. And I understand that it is correct. <laughs> I just am lazy. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good PSA. Did you have anything else about the episode no, that it. you wanted to talk about? It's going to be a five minute long podcast. I just go consider your contracts. You go, yep, valid fan, we move. <laughs> okay, well, maybe. Do you have something that you would like to start with this week? Well, though? funnily enough, I've got a couple of notes. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I had one. <laughs> my top note okay yep not my like first like chronologically but my most important my favorite okay your favorite is rip freckles i'm so sorry (laughs) well we don't even know freckles is a dog or a cat from the name alone i assume dog just because i can't imagine a cat named freckles well that's your issue with your limited imagination i'm so fucking sorry what would you why would you think freckles is a cat or dog could be a rabbit could be a guinea pig. Could be a guinea Exactly. It was a lot of blood. Oh, although, I guess, like, things have more blood than you'd think. So. <laughs> that was Loki <pretty> terrifying. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, we don't know. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, whatever, freckles, whatever you were. R.I.P. Rest in literal pieces, I guess. On that, we have little evil Lilith girl. Yeah. How are we feeling about the evil children? I know it's usually something that you like, but you're making a weird face. I love evil children, but I have questions. Okay. Why Why would she be an evil child? Like, what, what led the writers to making that decision? I think it's just for, like, the creep factor. Like, in all honesty, I think that they just wanted her to be different. Mm. To the like to like Meg or Ruby or like any of the, like, female demons we've had to this point. They wanted her to stand out. They gave her white eyes. And they made her inhabit a child for just, like, the aesthetic, I guess. <laughs> but, like, here's, here's the thing. It's not that – it's not just that she's inhabiting a child, mm. right? It's, like, her entire, like, torture of the family mm. hinges on her being the child. And then even when she takes over Ruby's body, she's still like, oh, this one's pretty. I like it. Do you know what? I think it's almost – you remember Drusilla from Buffy? Yeah. I think it's like a similar kind of character choice where they're going for almost juvenile 
but also like fucking psychotic. Mm. You know, I think that's the kind of angle that they're going for. Because Drusilla is very like airy fairy, like la di da kind of thing, but like she's insane. She'll fuck you up. And I think that's kind of the energy that they're going mm. for. But they've presented her as a small child. Rather than where Drusilla is played by an adult the whole time. Yeah. But obviously with demons, you can have that movement from body to body to body. So it's yeah. a little bit more, there's a bit more freedom, a bit more range there, I guess. And honestly, I think that the whole like torture with the family is just her having fun. Like I think, she, like Ruby, what did she say? She was on Shore, Shore? Surely. Surely, that's what yeah. it is. I think that's just her just shits and giggles, literally. Like I think she's just having fun for the sake of having fun with that family. Like that's her idea of like, if she's got a long weekend coming up, she's not going camping. She's going to inhabit a small child in suburbia to make their family uncomfy. Here's the thing that they... She doesn't just take over the little girl. They take over, like, the entire fucking neighbourhood. Oh, yeah, that's her, like, minions, though. Look, how ma- how did she get so many minions and how do I get me some? <laughs> Well, I think first you have to be a relatively powerful position in hell. So I guess yep, that's step do. one. <laughs> Look, I torture you every week. I think I've already got the prerequisite <laughs> skills. Put that on your resume. So is that your only thought on Lilith? Just like, seems weird? I really like Lilith and I do think it's a very fun choice to have a, but it's just like logistically does. I love it when you break out the word logistically. Big logistics to me. <laughs> I understand that it's a fun, creepy character choice, and, like, don't get me wrong, I do love it. Yeah. But, like, also, like, I feel like it has implications that they're never going to go into, and I feel like that's going to annoy me. Okay. Such as? Like, is it just the persona that Lilith puts on? Or was, like, she a literal child turned into a demon? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's ever, well... I'm not going to say that it's not ever clarified because we do get a little bit more information about demons later down the track and I can't remember exactly which demons we find out about. So whether or not Lil is on that list. So I I won't go into it too much. It's also like verging on too spoilery. Yeah, fair enough. Because um, it's not like everything that we've sort of learned about Lilith would suggest to me that it's just like a persona that she puts on. And then it's like, well, if it's just a persona, then like, is she just doing it for the Maybe she's just method acting. Or it could even be, like, she's surrounded by her minions. Maybe she's, like, trying to give them a show of, like, hey, like, this is what your life could be like if you support me. Like, I will let you just fuck up the humans, mm. I guess. Because, like, yeah, like, she's having fun. Mm. She's making them throw her a birthday party every fucking day for a dinner. That's not normal demon behavior. She's just fucking with these people in the most effective way possible. She's making them be, like... I am going to sit here and almost like, um, almost like the kids are all right. The second episode of this Mm. season where you have the kids who are just off, but they're just like asking for like normal things. I think part of it is she's like, I know that you know that I'm not your daughter, but I'm going to like gaslight you (laughs) almost into like, love me more, love me Mm. more. But don't you love me, mom? Don't you love me, daddy? Like you want to, you're going to leave. Why would you leave? Don't you love me? That whole, and it's like, of course they love their child, and it looks like their child, but the behaviours the child is exhibiting, they're like, you're clearly not, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how else. Well, like, obviously, they, because, like, they murder, like, she murders the first dude that's sort of, like, rotten in the hallway. Oh, um, that's the babysitter, I think she says, yeah. She, she, she murders the babysitter. 
And the pet of whatever the description. Pet. And, like, that's all the family's got to go on that this kid is, like... Well... Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot. Fair, if I had a six-year-old or something, and all of a sudden they straight up turned around and started murdering people, I think I'd be safe in being like, something's up here. <laughs> I will say, the other choice that I was really confused about when it came to Lilith uh-huh. is when she possesses the vessel that is Ruby. we know is Ruby. Yeah. What is it with them getting demons, like the weird non-consensual kissing? I know. I had a note about that as well. I don't even remember that kiss. Like how? Like it's not relevant to the plot. They're not making a deal. There is nothing going on. She was literally just inhabiting a literal child. And then she's like, I have a new body. The first thing I will use it to do is kiss this man. (laughs) Like what? And that like it it further confuses because like in Ruby's body, she's still very much doing the like, but don't you love me? I'm a little small child sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, also, like, then she's just, like, forcefully kissing Sam. Yeah, I know. I it's I don't understand. We talked about this with Meg as well in, I think, season one. Yeah. Where I was like, I, I personally don't like horror that much. So maybe mm. this is just my, you know, personal bias. I really don't understand why they use sexual violence in the way that they do in this show. Mm. Because... It is never, ever for any purpose. Yeah. They just kind of do it. It feels very unnecessary. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like you could have had the same scene without that and it would have been just as impactful. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just feels... It feels very much like a lot of the series does, where they're like, hmm, what will men between the ages of 24 <laughs> and 38 like? Like, you're like, oh, yes, kiss it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's make the hot chick kiss the dude. We like, have a male presenting person and a female presenting person. Let's make them kiss uncomfortably on perfect. Yeah. You know, and it's, and again, it comes down to consent. And again, Sam in particular, interestingly, over the course of the whole series, really, the concept of consent and Sam is really, really, they go over it a lot. Like, even from the, like, demon blood perspective, mm-hmm. like, from that moment, he has never had true like full bodily autonomy it's been removed from him and so many times over and over again we see characters inhabiting sam forcing themselves on sam like very particularly manipulating sam like we talk a lot about dean's emotional like development and whatever Mm. over this like he gets a lot of emotional beats Mm. sam gets and like obviously dean has his own manipulations that occur to and around him and his own things there but for sam it's like very specific a lot of the time it's to do with his physical body mm. that he gets sort of thrust into situations. And yeah, it's an interesting thing to f- sort of follow through the series because it, it never stops being relevant. Mm. And certainly season six, like like season six and on, it's like super duper relevant. But yeah, this scene in particular just felt weird and unnecessary. And it didn't, if anything, it took me out of the scene yeah. more than it added anything to yeah. it. Like, and again, personal bias, but this whole podcast is built on personal biases. Yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, it just it felt it felt like a really weird choice considering they just had to be this absolutely objectively terrifying little girl mm-hmm. to then have her still have that like little girl personality, but also just be like forcefully kissing Sam, and it's like again, I think it's a Drusilla sort of attempt. We do see Lilith in a couple more vessels, mm. I think. Almost every episode we get her, she actually looks a bit different. Yeah. Most of the time she presents as a young girl. Yeah. But this episode, and I think there is one other episode where she presents as an adult. Oh, 
Must be two episodes she presents as an adult. And I think actually that may be the same adult. But yeah. that's that's But primarily she is presented as a child. Yeah. Which makes stuff weird. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. We don't really get a lot more out of like the actual plot surrounding mm. Lilith. Oh, it's probably worth noting that she does say when she's inhabiting Ruby's body that she has sent Ruby far, far, far away. We can assume that Ruby has probably been sent back to hell yeah. at some point, somehow. Mm. Demon hoodoo. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Plot, plot, plot. Convenience, convenience, convenience. You're, You're watching, watching Supernatural. Supernatural. Exactly. And also, at the very, very end of the episode, she tries to, like, I don't know, like, demon blast Sam. Like, we don't really know, I guess, what she's doing. We haven't seen it before. But whatever she does, it doesn't work. And she ends up flipping the fuck out and smoking out of there because whatever she tried to do to Sam, clearly it wasn't, it didn't go down how she was expecting it to. Which doesn't, well, it doesn't answer any questions. (laughs) Did you have any thoughts on that? I would just like to say I was not fucking wrong. I said there's the potential that Sam could use his position to be able to save Dean. I was fucking right. Yeah, uh, actually... Maybe not in the way that I was thinking, mm. but I wasn't fucking wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you were certainly on the right track. Yeah. Also, the thing I hypothesised that could happen that I was like, I don't think it's going to happen, is basically just what would have happened if they followed Ruby's plan, which is he would have embraced his demon bloody mm. blah 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 mm-hmm. shit, would have saved Dean Sol and become the leader of hell. Yeah. Because, like, let's face it, the reason that Ruby wants him to embrace all of this shit is so that he can step up and take his position. His position in the war or whatever. And then she can be right hand and blah, 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 blah. Because whatever her reasons were, she fucking admits it in this episode. She was manipulating him. Oh, Comes with the drug description. Like... Yeah, exactly. And in the scene where she tells him that, I, first of all, I love the use of God-given talent. That's fucking hilarious. I also love that she makes the point... As we talked about, actually, you talked about how you were really hoping that they weren't going to drop the psychic Sam. Mm. You mentioned that you would understand if they did because Azazel was dead and you could understand how, you know, they could drop it after that point. But you did say you were hoping it would come back. And Ruby makes a point that it doesn't matter that Azazel is dead. Sam still has those underlying abilities. Yeah. And including ones that he hasn't actually, like, used before. So that is exciting. I've been very much looking forward to getting to that point because I knew that that would be something that you would be like, oh, okay. So we're not we're not just forgetting that Sam is psychic, which is fun because we basically haven't touched on it this whole season. Yeah. Which is the thing. I like Sam in two scenarios. One when he's pathetic and one when, <laughs> when he's psychic. <laughs> so psychic Sam combines these two great. He's both pathetic and a psychic. It works out perfectly for me. <laughs> He then immediately refers to himself as desperate, which I thought was fun because you call Sam desperate all the fucking time. And he follows it up, uh, actually Ruby follows it up, with referring to him as a freak. And I was like, bang, 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 bang. This is exactly... It's like they listen to the podcast. (laughs) I was like, damn, I feel so validated right now. I'm like, we must be doing something right. (laughs) Well, something very wrong for Supernatural to actually like... If you can find coherent threads in Supernatural, then <laughs> you must be doing some mental gymnastics. I did have a question about that okay, scene, though. Yeah. Which is, Sam summons Ruby, mm-hmm. which Dean has been adamant that he should not do, mm-hmm. yeah. which makes sense. Dean is Dean is 
having some really strong, hard lines in this episode, actually. Yeah, he has some opinions and I don't think they're correct. Okay, well, let's get onto that in a second. Yeah. The point I wanted to make very briefly is not really, like, anything to discuss, but Sam literally summons Ruby using the, like, spell or whatever. He lights mm-hmm. the thing on fire. And then Ruby appears. Just like you And know. he's like, how do you get around so fast? And I'm like, Sam... She's a fucking demon. You literally summoned her to you. You, you performed a magic spell. She <laughs> didn't have a fucking choice. You. And you're like, oh, how did you do that? Like, Sam, baby, you did it. Are you okay? I just think it's so funny. Like, later later we get more context. Like, that even if, like, you summon, summon something, they don't necessarily have to come. Depending on, like, how powerful they are, they don't, like... They can just choose to ignore it. It's, it's so almost like leaving you on red. They can be like, eh, I'll get to that. There are two two different factors that determine how hard it is to ignore a summons. That's how powerful the spell is and how powerful they are. Yeah. So the yeah. more powerful the spell is, the more likely they are to come. But the more powerful they are, the less likely they're going to be forced yeah. summoned. Um, and at a certain ratio, they can just be like, yeah, nah. Yeah, exactly. And there's like other factors as well. Like if you're trying to summon something that is, like, otherwise captive, then, like, that obviously plays into it as well. Like, they can't leave. They're bound just because you've summoned them. It's not going to work. So imagine if that was the way to get, like, all the demons out of, like, demon traps. Like, literally (laughs) just, like, they have a mate who has to, like, summon them, like, (laughs) once a week just to make sure they haven't been caught in a demon trap. That's hilarious, actually. (laughs) I love that. Anyway, sorry. You said that Dean has some opinions and you don't agree with them. I'm interested to see which ones they are. Okay, so let's just start off with him being like, oh, we can't trust Ruby. This has been his position from the fucking get-go. She has saved your life three dozen times. (laughs) In 16 episodes. In 16 episodes. (laughs) Most recently, she saved your life in that fucking police station in Juice and Bello when if they had gone with her plan... They would still be fucking fine and dandy. I mean, obviously not because of his deal, but like... Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, we can't, like, no. It's like, well, just because you summon Ruby doesn't mean you have to do what she says or whatever. Like... You can still ask her opinion. You can still... It's like, Dean, sweetie, I don't think you understand how this works. Like, you don't summon Ruby and then have to do what she says. Yeah. I can summon Ruby, ask her, and she can tell you, like... You can still say no. Yeah. I think that his point, and I think this is why, like, through the whole episode, he kind of keeps repeating the same thing over and over, which is, like, he mentions it right at the top. He says, we, we go in smart or we don't go in at all. You know, he's he doesn't want to involve Ruby. He doesn't want to... He's sort of adverse to using any supernatural means. That's great, Noel, but this is the television show Supernatural. <laughs> ha ha, very funny. I think that his point is, the last time I tried to solve a problem by involving magic and demons, it made this problem. And so he's like, I don't want to... Like, I, I'm i not disagreeing with you. I'm just explaining why I think the character is thinking this. Yeah, yeah, but that's... I'm really sorry for you and your bloody Winchester derangement fucking... <laughs> Dean Winchester is my blow boy syndrome. <laughs> but it's just... Yes, he made this mess using magic, but also it's a magic problem. You're not going to solve it without fucking magic. Like, it, it's like, Dean, you've got two options here, right? Mm-hmm. You either accept the situation with Grace because you made this fucking deal, you agreed to this shit, or two, 
you understand that this is a supernatural problem that requires a supernatural solution. <laughs> yeah. No, I get I it. I understand being like, no, I don't want to dig this hole any further. But like, babe, yeah. sweetie, honey. Yeah, I know. Like, and then he made- You have no hope in hell. Literally. And then he says to Sam, because Sam's like so adamant about, you know, using Ruby and, and stuff. And- yeah. I do understand Dean's apprehension about yeah. Ruby, especially in light of the fact that she was lied to them. Like, yeah. and she's a, like, of course she's lied to them. That's like the point. Like, she even says. It's the job description. It's, yeah, it's in the job description. And so I understand him being, you know, a little adverse to asking her, but you make a good point. Like, there is nothing wrong with summoning her, seeing what she has to say, and then choosing to ignore it. Yeah. At the and, end of the day, she has more information than you do. Yeah. It would be wise to at least see what information she could give you before you go in. Yes, exactly. And that comes back to his own point, which is that either we go in smart or we don't go in at all. But he does make the point to Sam because Sam's like so adamant. You know, we're going to, we got to ask Ruby, we'll get Ruby. And Dean's like, I don't want to involve more demons. And he makes the point, he's like, don't you see the pattern here, Sam? Don't you see the pattern? Dad's deal my deal, like, it's it's just, we get desperate enough to save each other, and then we just fuck shit up. He's almost, he's very self-aware, I think, in this episode, because he's being forced to be. And I'm not saying I disagree with you, like, I do think that he needs to accept that this issue is not going to be solved by practical means, it's going to have to be solved using some kind of magic, you know, or a supernatural device it's, like it because of the nature of it and like i get him being like no i don't want to involve any more demons but also like ruby's not the demon that you made the deal with and also it's not the demon's fault that you made a deal with it yeah like you chose to do that like here's the thing you could you could theoretically summon a crossroads demon right mm-hmm. right and then not make a deal with it yeah it, that's even happened in the show before like you could summon it, have a conversation with it, realise you don't like its terms, and be like, yeah, nah, nah, thanks. They're just sales reps. They're not, like, they're not attacking innocent people for saying no. Like, they're not... Yeah, they're there to sell a product, mm. essentially. And if they can't sell the products, well, then tough beans, I guess. Mm. I imagine it more as, like, a um, pyramid scheme. Like, you get one person sold, mm. and then you're like, do you know what would be even better? If you got your friends to come around to your house, yeah. and you also bought their souls yeah. um, and then they could have their friends yeah. and just eventually you just had this pyramid where yeah. <laughs> where everyone is desperately trying to steal everyone else's souls <laughs> that's the uh, hell scheme that lives in my head rent free anywho so like Tupperware yeah exactly though for legality reasons that was the joke we do not think Tupperware is a pyramid scheme that's stealing people's souls <laughs> don't um, want to get sued by Tupperware <laughs> We do not have that sort of money. I, I do want to quickly touch on a couple of things. One, they use Dean's theme in this episode. Mm-hmm. Did you notice it? Uh-uh. I'm not that emotionally invested. But it's not about the emotional investment. It's about noticing with your ears. Look, I notice a hell of a lot more shit my, with my ears than you do. Okay. Well, we notice different things. So, the... <laughs> that's established. That's why we have a podcast. The, the point at which they use Dean's theme is... During the conversation he has with Sam, where he, they're talking about how they're each other's weakness and stuff, which oh I, yeah, and they're like, oh, don't be a martyr. It's like little fucking like that. Literally, you know how last episode I was saying it's like, oh, it's the obligatory we should split up conversation. This is like the obligatory fucking we're each other's weakness conversation. Usually, those two things are combined. Usually, it's a, like we're each other's weakness. We should go our separate ways, and then they so do one two punch, and then they do for like half an episode or something, and then they like 
are like, actually, I was wrong. And then you're like, we knew that immediately. Anyway, I don't remember if we've talked about this yet. I feel like we mustn't have, because I, I swear I would remember. But we get the line from Bobby where, first of all, I love that Bobby fucks up the car so that they can't leave without him. I think that's hilarious. I love that he was like, I know these little shits better than they think I do. I am not letting them leave without my supervision. Fuck that. And he was like, I'm just going to not let your car start. Anyway, love that for him. And it works. Then we get the excellent line from Bobby, which is family don't end in blood, which is like supernatural thesis statement. That is such a ongoing theme. It has been, I mean, it's been a theme up to this point. They've just never really verbalized it. It is an ongoing theme throughout all 15 seasons. And it's also like very pervasive in fandom because it's so much about that like found family and so many people like finding acceptance and finding like their place within the community that is actually the fandom of the show. So it's just a very, like, I'm pretty sure this is the first use of it because I don't remember mentioning it before and I would have, I'm sure. So it's just, I just wanted to note it because it is so pervasive in like the entire series and also in just fandom in general. Like it's very, very ingrained. Oh, there's a moment in this episode where they say something along the lines of, uh, just like dad taught us. Uh, Dean says, remember what dad taught you? And I wrote to hate yourself? (laughs) The question mark. (laughs) I... Similar to what you were gonna say, which is that their dad didn't teach him jack shit. <laughs> their dad didn't even say, "Oh, okay, look, we think vampires are extinct, but they are real, just in case they're not." They don't have fucking wildlife observers <laughs> trying to work out if like fucking vampires are extinct or not. Like, there is no way of actually knowing. Like, I'm sorry, sir, your father taught you jack shit all. Um, you're wrong, Jamie. John taught Sam to bow hunt. <laughs> And we know how important that skill is because we've seen them use it countless times. Regardless at the end of the day. Every single episode, Sam has used a bow and arrow. I don't know. Look, regardless, it's still a better skill set than soccer. Yes, no, you're right. John taught them nothing except self-hatred. And But then Dean says, I remember what I taught you. And I was like, okay, see, that actually means something because, like, you actually taught him things. Like, John didn't teach him fucking anything. And anything he did teach him was ultimately unhelpful. If anything, it was more detrimental than, like, helpful. Oh, we did have a little bit of a remnant of John, though, this episode that wasn't atrocious. Usually any remnant of John is atrocious. Mm. This particular one, I was like, oh. But then I... Okay. So I'm going to explain what it is and then I'll okay. explain my thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you remember in Salvation... Yeah, uh, the end of season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, end of season one. When we commended John, we were like, okay, we hate him. But here is this one sort of, he he, he had a, a moment here, which we liked, which was that he did the holy water blessing on that huge water tank. Yeah. So that he could then turn on the, the pipe and yeah. it stopped the demons. Right. And we were like, that was actually like quite Like this smart. man had one good idea. We were like, it. all right, you, you put your one brain cell to good use. And then in this episode, we see Bobby blessing the sprinkler system. And I was like, that's genius. And then I was like, hang on a minute, I've seen this before. And then I was like, hang on a minute. Do we think the one thing that we commended John for ever in his entire appearance on this show was actually something that Bobby taught him? And so it's actually not attributed to John at all. And it is in fact Bobby's genius. Yeah. 
I'm just, I mean, that makes more sense with the characters, so let's go with that. It makes a million times more sense. So I just realised that we've had to retcon our, the only thing we've ever said so why about John. <laughs> we were like, yeah, that's alright. <laughs> was actually just Bobby in disguise. The one smart thing John ever did. Was literally, like, copy... Copying off of Bobby. Because there is no fucking way you're going to tell me that of the two of those men, John came up with that idea and Bobby copied him. No, I refuse to accept it. It absolutely is something that Bobby had used before and John was like, hey, there's an idea. And like, kudos to him for thinking of remembering it. But like... Also... No. Bobby gets credit for salvation. I'm retconning my... Yeah. My past self. We'll go through and we'll edit that in. Also... We won't do that. But also, also, I just love Bobby in this episode. He's really in dad mode. He's yeah. like, Dean, listen, this is the situation you're in and I love you, so I'm going to try and help. But also, you're done gone fucked up, kid. And then he is just excellent and I love him. Anything else to add to that? No. Okay. So, time to talk about your blobo. My blobo. Yeah. I have a question. Yes. Is Hell really, really fucking massive, or is Dean just special? Because he has, like, a lot of space in Hell. He is the specialist boy. (laughs) Do you know what's really funny about this? Is, like, this depiction of Hell is the only time Hell is ever depicted like this. (laughs) So it could literally be because Dean Winchester is the specialist little boy. Even when we later, like... Hear other like hear characters describing hell or whatever. Mm. It is never like this. When we see hell, it's never like this. Like this it's is just... the one and only instance of hell looking like this massive chains where Dean is just like a fly caught in a web. If they were doing that for every soul in hell, how much <laughs> fucking space would they have to have? I mean, here's the thing about hell though. It's not really like a physical place. Like because we've talked about this before. It's not like on Earth as such. That's but like it's like its own mm. sort of space which means it could technically be endless the- so it's a diff- different metaphysical plane yeah okay. let's go with that anyway but yes yeah, so dean is all strung up like i don't even know what apparently if i remember correctly that scene was horrible to shoot it's been a while but if i remember correctly jensen was saying that like having that set up and actually yeah. like being strung up was so incredibly uncomfortable it was his least favorite scene to shoot ever at least at the time of the interview that i'm mm. thinking of because it was just actually so uncomfortable. He <laughs> yeah, well, the way they would have had to like harness him up and shit. Yeah, or, like the and he was just stuck there for ages because, yeah. like, obviously, it's a long process to get him up there, and then they do a bunch of takes. They're not going to take him down. And also, between. it's not just like a single stationary shot. Like they do the zoom mm, in. Like... Yeah, it is definitely an interesting interpretation of hell, and it's fascinating to think back on. Like once we get. I can't I can't give you any really context because obviously spoilers. Yeah. But once we get into sort of the next couple seasons, mm. you get a little bit more like information about hell and it doesn't really make sense with what they showed us. Like we're not even yeah. going to acknowledge it. We're just going to like it's just like in description, like mm. describing when characters are describing like what it is like to be in hell, the process they're describing doesn't really make sense. If it's in the, like, zone that we see yeah. Dean in. Like, it just doesn't quite make sense. Although, in saying that, however, whatever, he doesn't look comfy. Moving on a little bit from the discussion of hell, because that's not something that... I have answers for you and, like, stuff that I want to talk about, but I can't, so... But I also, we don't see really anything in this episode about yeah, actually yes. about hell. But, important note, 
Dean is killed by the Hellhound. He does go to hell. That's... I assume so. I, I was assuming this wasn't some sleight of hand. Yeah. Although I will say the thing you were saying last episode about like because of the contract where they tried to get out yeah. of it, the Hellhound should have killed Sam and made that dude. I no joke. That actually is. I love that. Like, I realise it would have meant that Sam would have died two season finales in a row, which might have been a bit much. But it's fine, because he's not your special little blue boy. (laughs) He's just a character that you like. Yes, I love Sam. Dean's my special little blue boy. Yeah. It's very different. But yes, so I did love that take. I I think it would have been emotionally devastating. Because then, like, Dean would have just been left to live, and, like, his whole point of saving Sam would have just been null and void. And I think you said as well, like, it would have been really interesting, because then potentially Sam goes to hell, and then maybe that has implications, and so I loved that. I'm kind of disappointed that's not what they did. Also, you knew that's not what they did. I mean, so you had, like, the the time to accept it. You knew. You could... I knew it was coming. You could reject it before... I, I did... I just had to roll up to this episode and say they did the least creative thing they could have possibly done with this, like, sort of hanging over the heads. I kind of feel like just having the deal play out as the deal should have played out is, like, the easy option, kind of. And I understand that, like, it is, like, sort of a plot twist because you do kind of assume... That they'll get out of it. They're going to get out of it. But it's like, oh, wow, you just couldn't think of any way to get them out of it, so you're going to... Quite genuinely... That was actually the case. Yeah. And the reason being, because of the writer's strike, they didn't actually have the ability. Obviously, like, this is only a 16-episode season. Mm-hmm. Usually it goes for 20 to 22 episodes. Mm-hmm. So they should have had another, like, six episodes to work this out. But they didn't have that. And at this point, I think the last six episodes at least have been only people who were actually, like, producing yeah, the show as well who have more on the line and therefore cannot be on strike. And I think Abigail told us that episode 11 was supposed to be the finale. Like, they only got another five episodes out because these people were like, well, we have more at stake. Yeah. So the original plan was that Dean was not going to hell. He was not supposed to go to hell. They were supposed to get him out of it. But they just didn't have the ability to get enough people together to work it out. And then even if they could work it out, they didn't have the episodes to flesh it out to actually actually have it be rather than just like a because then if they had managed to get Dean out of it we would have probably been like wow that was real fucking convenient yes so anyway that's actually like the fact that you're like oh they just couldn't figure out how to fix it it literally my point is just that you're right they they did not figure out a way to get him out of it and they couldn't they ran out of time they ran out of manpower they ran out of anywhere to go so they had to they had to end it somehow so they ended it with the dean with the dean with the deal coming to fruition and and dean going to hell it might feel like it's like uninspired or whatever but i think it's not necessarily uninspired it's just what they had to do to get it's literally what they had to work with because they had to end the season somehow can you imagine if they ended it on 211, which, uh, sorry, 311, which was Mystery Spot? If that had been the end of the season, like, what a bizarre fucking choice. So, well, I mean, you could make that the end of the season. You just cut off the little bit at the end where they actually say Dean again. So the point being, uh, Dean is in hell, Sam is sad, and Lilith couldn't kill him, and also Ruby is who knows where. Yeah. And then the only other player we really still have on the field is Bobby. And we don't know where Bobby was by the end of the episode yeah. because he and Sam don't see each other before it yeah. cuts to, to Dean suffering in yeah. damnation. I don't remember why I was telling you that. 
It's just a recap of just, where we're Just to. a recap, yeah. How are you feeling going into season four? We will obviously have our season four pre-thoughts. Yeah. I'm, like, really done with the whole, like, the Dean Demon deal. Oh, Fucking boring God. as shit. I, I hated that. I'm done with the fact that they keep on teasing us with, like, oh, Sam's actually secretly super powerful. Wow. Imagine if he actually did something with, did that. Something with that. That would be great. I'd love to fucking see them do something with that. Something Because, again, Ruby in this episode, she's like, why do you think Lilith wants your head on a silver platter? Yeah. Because you were a threat to her. Yeah. So if that she can kill you before you become a bigger threat to her, that yeah. would be great. And what gets me is Sam's like, no, I'm not going to learn anything. Dean's like, Sam, you can't learn any of this short of shit. It's like, yeah, but just because Sam learns how to use it doesn't mean he has to fucking use it. Self-control is a thing. Like, unless they're going to do a fucking addiction plot line with his fucking powers or some shit like that, it is a choice. Yeah. And at this point, they're not framing it as, you know, if he starts using his powers, he's going to become addicted and become evil. Slippery slope kind of thing. Slippery slope kind of thing. That's not how they're presenting it. They're presenting it as he has these abilities anyway. He's just going to fucking use them. (laughs) Like... You were still like you can still choose how to fucking use them. It's like with all the special children, like they could obviously use their powers yeah. for evil if they wanted, but a lot of them could just use it for the good of others. Like Andy or like Ava and Sam both with their visions, like immediately their reaction was, "I want to prevent these deaths." You know, obviously Ava had a <laughs> she had a bit of a development. Um, she had a glow up. She did. But yeah, so like that was their their instinct was, yeah. oh, I, I had this ability, yeah. I want to use it for good. Mm-hmm. And that a lot comes down to like circumstance. We've we've talked about this ad nauseum through season two. I agree personally of the Kripke era, season three, my least favourite. There are some banging episodes mm-hmm. in season three. Do not get me wrong. Bad Day at Black Rock, killer. Mystery spot, perfection. But the threat of Dean's demon deal, I don't know what it was about it. I don't know. I just... For See, me, Dean's it, demon deal annoyed me just as much as like, oh, where's dad in the first season? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like this thing that was just constantly hanging over every episode and it was just kind of like... It becomes repetitive, like yeah. super repetitive. I think the worst thing with both of them is that like it didn't really feel like there was anything they could do about it. Like it just yeah. kind of felt like it was there hanging, but like they weren't actually actively doing anything. They couldn't could. move towards it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think the only thing, the only thing really moving forward the plot of Dean's Demon Deal was just the episodes passing because it's a time orientated thing. It's not actually like, oh, this is an evil we can overcome because it's not really. And a lot of the season they spend Dean being like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. So let's not bother anyway. Yeah. So it's even if they could have done something, they weren't going to. So yes, I personally, like I actually said to you before we started recording, but I think it it bears repetition. Which is, I know that this is the shortest season of the whole show, mm. but by God, does it feel long? <laughs> like, I know it's only 16 episodes, but it has felt so much longer than either seasons one or two. For me, personally, I'm sure there are some people who adore season three. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying for me, personally, particularly of the Kripke era, least favourite. Although in saying that, it does have a lot of episodes that I would willingly go back and rewatch. Ghost Faces yeah. is another one. They're, they're very iconic episodes. Yeah. They're super fun to go back and, and rewatch singularly, but season three is not a season that I will generally rewatch as a as a whole. Oh, except for Time is on My Side. You're just watching that one on repeat, aren't you? <laughs> anyway, 
generally without getting too much into it because we will do another episode on it yeah. but how are you feeling having finished season three thinking forward to season four i am tired as hell like, <laughs> i am a fifth of the way through this fucking show and it feels like we haven't gotten any resolution for anything if i have to wait like another 12 fucking seasons to get any sort of resolution on this fucking bullshit like i know you're the sort of person who really enjoys like slow burn like sort of like it's exclusively yeah yeah no you really enjoy slow burn you like there to be a decent amount of build up yeah i think it's better payoff like you you've said that before many a times to me that you think you know the more build up the better the payoff yeah not, and like, not in all cases, mm. but I think for a lot of cases, yes. And I just feel like for me, like at this point, like the build up is beyond a fucking joke. Yeah. Like we have been dealing with this same bullshit for three seasons. Yeah. Like I am like, I'm just wanting any sort of answers. Yeah. And like I, I'm hoping, hoping dear God, that the last two seasons of this Crypt era, because you say it like a lot of it sort of wraps up. Yeah. In this era. I am hoping beyond hope that like we start getting answers and soon season one and is like nothing happens at all season two is like it feels like it's building up to the finale which is great i think season two is reasonably strong it actually does feel like the main plot is moving forward the finale finally gives us some goddamn answers mm-hmm. and then like this third season feels like everything that they were building towards in season two just stopped yeah, and I do think a lot of it is right like strike issues. All of the momentum they had up to and including the season two finale just stops as of 3.01. The reason I'm asking you about this now is because, I don't know about you, I didn't actually have like a whole lot, as far as finales go, especially. Normally finales, we're like, oh, we should probably shut up now. Like we Yeah, are, normally we're like, it's the like fucking four hours season, in, we're still chatting. The like, season two finale, we wouldn't shut up for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. With this one, I genuinely didn't have a whole bunch oh. of notes. And so I wanted to, I thought, well, I'll ask you about season three generally here. Yeah. And then we can spend more time doing season four specific pre-thoughts because yeah. that'll take a long time. But are there any are there any questions in particular that you have from season three that you are hoping will be answered seasons four or five? Or is it just All like... All of them. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything in particular? I would like to learn more about the mechanics of demon blood. Okay, sure. So, like, just what it has done? Yeah. Okay. So, like... The implications of The implicate... Like, I think the reason I want answers for that is just I do not want them to just drop it. Like, yeah. Especially now that they've brought it up again. Yes. Yeah. I also want answers about fucking Mary. Uh-huh. And how Mary was involved in this bullshit. Yeah. Oh, I, God, yeah, because that's from, like... Yeah, the first or second episode so of the season. season where we find out that like her friends and family died, and then they just never pick it up again, and they never pick it up again. And like, what gets me about that is it kind of feels like nowhere near as extreme, but it kind of feels like in Sherlock when they were like, "You can work <laughs> out how he survived the fall." <laughs> yeah, with these clues. Yeah, that's I don't my know bad. If, Sorry, <laughs> I don't know if that's just like me doing this podcast and having to like. Trying to actively think trying about it. Trying to actively yeah. think about it and, like, me trying to put clues together and stuff. But it does, it especially, like, the stuff we learned early in the season felt like it was like, oh, well, here are the clues, now you can work it out. Like, yeah. But it's like, well, you actually told me jack shit because, like... And then you acted like we never talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, Sam established that all of Mary's 
well, not all of, but a significant chunk of Mary's friends and families died mm-hmm. either before or after she did, but like around, around the, the same, same time. time. But then he he doesn't actually, and he never tells Dean. Mm. This is still something that Dean doesn't know theoretically, unless he's been told off screen. Yeah, but you'd think that that would be something that they would put on screen. It would be yeah. a significant conversation. So it's like, why? <laughs> Why would you tell us that? Confirm that Ruby was not lying. Mm-hmm. And then not actually dove into any of the implications of that. I am just like, I think was Mary a member of a secret fucking society or something? Is Mary the Illuminati? <laughs> like, fucking. Okay, so I have a theory about this. Not about Mary in particular, but about just why the season three writing, like, because you're right, like, they had momentum through season two. And then season three, just it feels like they had like eight balls in the air and they just fucking dropped seven of them, you know? And then they had the one that was Dean's deal and that was it. <laughs> and I think it is partially because Kripke had a vision for the show that was to span five seasons. And they did the first two seasons. And then they got to season three. And I think they started to continue what his vision was for season three that would lead to season four or five as per his original plans. And then they hit the writer's strike. And then and all of a sudden, the eight balls they'd successfully been juggling for the first like and five, suddenly, six, seven, eight episodes, they dropped all of them but one. Yes, because all of a sudden they had all of these external factors that were going on that was impacting what they were actually able to do, and how many episodes were they going to have, and like who was going to write them, and like all these things. And then because they didn't have the space to figure out how Dean was going to get out of his deal, it impacted what became seasons four and five, seasons four and five are not what Kripke planned. So it's this into sort of, it's literally, you can break Kripke era into one and two, three, and then four and five. Season three is like this weird intermission it's where like they pivot. start, they start with something and then we, we, we don't really get it resolved because mid season, they kind of start going, here are some fun episodes. Cause we don't know what to do. And that's where you get mystery spot and you get ghost, ghost faces, faces literally like one after the other because Oh, a very supernatural Christmas. A very supernatural Christmas, bad day at Black Rock. We get a lot of fun episodes this season. I think, again, this is just me assuming, because they were like, Well, we don't really know what's happening. We have to give them something. Let's give them something fun that's like different to what we've been doing so far. And so it's almost a very experimental season yeah. I guess where they've started off like with a strong plot from season mm-hmm. coming carrying season two mm-hmm. and then they've kind of gone ah panicked thrown spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks yeah and then they've gone well fuck we have to wrap this up somehow and then that sort of puts them in where when they then picked up season mm-hmm. four and you know how I'm always like oh my god this is insane foreshadowing like I cannot believe this was planned that's because of this point. So, like, anything that's happened before season three that I'm like, oh, my God, that's insane foreshadowing for, like, seasons four and five, that's because they hadn't fucking thought of it yet. It's the so, Sarah Gamble long con. Literally, the way that it works so seamlessly is, like, astounding. Because you can see in season three that it's a fucking mess. Yeah. Because it's literally, it's a transition state. And I think that's why I said to you, I think, last episode, they kill off Bella and they've killed off Hendrickson because... That whole plot with the FBI and stuff was supposed to be way, like, more involved. And so I assume, like, Bella would have been more involved. And I think Gordon was also supposed to be ongoing. So they've, like, killed off all these characters. They've cut all these these threads Mm. because they're no longer going to follow them through. Because the plan's changed. And you can see it changing in real time. 
I just find it very funny that their version of like plans change, we're gonna cut these threads is let's just murder these characters. I literally think they were just like, let's just start over. Let's trim the fat and we'll just start from scratch. Like I genuinely think that that because they because they changed so much. Like I, I mean to be fair, I don't know what seasons four and five would have oh, been. Oh, you mean you weren't in the writers' room at eight years old? <laughs> but I can guarantee that it's not what they ended up doing. Season three is messy. Should we get back to the episode? Yes. Okay, let's talk about Ruby for a second though. Okay. Because she's valid. Yes. They summon her. She's like, well, look, it's a great time to hit Lilith. Yeah. But we have to be prepared. We have to have a plan. Mm -hmm. Like, Lilith is not the sort of demon you want to fail to kill. Like, if you want want to attempt to kill Lilith, you have to kill Lilith. Yeah. If you do not kill her... You'll die. (laughs) That is bad for you. Yeah. She's like, do not just go after Lilith with my knife. It will go badly. Let's have a plan. They're like, nah, let's whack her in a demon trap. (laughs) I know. I did I did have a note that says she kicked the shit out of them. And you know what? Good for her. <laughs> I I'm interested with Ruby. I think she's interesting as a character. I really enjoy her as a character. I think she's really fun and she's got a lot of layers. I do think it was an interesting choice for her to wait until this point to tell Sam about the possibility of him using his psychic stuff. Because Like, I get the reasoning she gives is that, like, if she had told them earlier, they would have just gone, like, running headlong into it. But it's like, you waited until literally the last possible minute when they are their most desperate and are most likely to choose any, like, especially Sam, you've talked before about how Sam is just completely unpredictable. Like, he's so volatile. You give him this information, of course, the first thing he's going to be is like, well, I can do it. I can stop Lilith. Like, let me, tell me how to do it. And Dean's like, no, you don't fucking know what the implications are. And Sam's like, doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. Because Sam is impulsive. I'm not letting you be the martyr. I'm the martyr. (laughs) Literally. They just fucking take turns. Oh my God. Anyway, if she had come to them, like, I don't know, three weeks before, then maybe she would have had three weeks to be like, okay, Sam, let's work on this. Let's form a plan. Let's whatever. But because she came to them literally the day of... Of course he's going to freak out and want to just run in headstrong because they don't have time anymore and it's stressing him out. The longer they wait to like formulate a plan, the less time Dean has. So anyway, I think she has a point, but I'm also like, could have maybe timed it a bit better. But I mean, also the demon deal gives Dean spidey senses. Oh yeah. I wrote demon x-ray vision. (laughs) Because like, yeah, that's actually like something that would be very helpful. Just in day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, one thing that's cool is uh, I like that they made it so that demons are distinguishable. Yeah. Like, I like that he was able to see a difference between Ruby and Lilith. Like, Mm. demons look like they have different faces. Like, you can see them. We never really get a description of what their faces look like, though. Like, we never really find that out. Because it might just be, like, looking like what they look like as a human. Yeah, although he does make the point that they're, like, very sort of... He doesn't use the word grotesque, but I assume that... Well, he says to Ruby, oh, you're an ugly broad. So I would assume grotesque. At one point, we have a different character who is able to see the face of a particular demon. And I think they describe it as, like, thorny or something. So, like, human faces, but with bad prosthetics. (laughs) Like the demons from Buffy? (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Like, I guess we'll never know. But, like, I assume that they're grotesque in some, some manner. And it's interesting that they're able to see them, like, beyond the face that they're wearing as well. I think that's just an interesting concept, just generally. 
So very quickly, um, I do just want to run through a couple of things. They're all sort of along the same line. So I okay. don't think they're worth like yeah. actually talking about individually, but I do want to mention them. Uh, first of all, our Goofa Dust makes a comeback. It just... does. I was I was so excited. I'm like, ooh, Goofa Dust. Yeah. I was sitting in the entire last episode thinking, where's the Goofa Dust? Yeah, yeah. Here's the Goofa Dust. Exactly. Yeah. So I just thought like that's a little bit yeah. fun. We don't see it very often. It's just there. Goofa Dust. I think that Dean is like very quippy this episode. Like he's mm. always quippy, but I think particularly he's stressed and it's, it's coming out. It's death. Yeah. And it's, it's coming out in like he's deflecting with humor uh, mm. as he is wont to do. But a couple of my favorite moments are if this is my last day on earth, I do not want it to be socially awkward. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I, dude, my last day is going to be socially awkward, but that's just my life. So. <laughs> Can't relate. I also love when they're hiding the cop car and he's like, wow, this is a terrific plan. I am excited to be a part of it. <laughs> I just think it's so fun. One of my favorite parts of the episode, both because I think it's fun and because I think it's heartbreaking, is when Sam and Dean are in the car and Sam tries to have the heart to heart and Dean's like, no, 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 we're not doing this. We're just going to listen to music and we're going to drive and he puts on Bon Jovi. And they're singing Dead or Alive and it's too fitting. <laughs> I don't know what Jared was doing, but he is so off time. I don't know if like they just added the music in post and so it's just not synced properly or whatever, but he's singing like the repetition and he's like a full second off. Like <laughs> It's really bad, but you know, it just, it, it was a perfect song choice, I think. And I love the line about Dean. He's like, I'm a cowboy, you know, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect, and then Dean starts to realise it's too perfect. And Sam says, jam it out, and Dean's the driver's seat, like, oh no. Literally. And dead, 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 dead. Literally. Dead. The word dead was in that song way too many times for his own personal taste. I... He was reminded of his own mortality, and he didn't like it. Yeah, literally, especially his imminent lack of. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that scene is excellent, both because it's comedically, like, rich, but also because that, in turn, makes it more heartbreaking. Because, like, yeah, you've got Sam, who starts off in the scene, like, trying to be, like, emotional and be like, hey, this is kind of my, if we, if you don't make it out, this is my goodbye kind of speech. And Dean's like, I don't want to hear it. I'm going to, ha, ha, ha. The denial is strong in this one. Exactly. He's like, let's play it off. We'll put on some music. We'll have a little laugh, whatever. Sam kind of warms up into it. And he's like, okay, like, if this is what Dean wants to do, like, I'm just going to enjoy this moment with my brother because I don't know how long I've got left. And then Sam is, like, getting into it and he's having fun. And then Dean's like, oh, shit. It's like a sliding (laughs) scale. Yeah. Dean's enjoyment is rapidly dropping. Sam's (laughs) enjoyment is growing. Yeah, literally. And so I just think that it's, it's a really really great scene and I think that the song choice was absolutely spot on. Anyway, I just I just wanted to shout that out because I just I just love that. It is a that fun moment. moment in an otherwise kind of like meh season finale. Quite yeah, this this as far as season finales go, this one is rather lackluster. Like I get the Dean dies at the end and that that's, you know, pretty relatively important. But yeah. you know, other it's than that, fun. it's it kind of just felt like any other episode. He's died like a couple hundred times this season, it's fine. The finales of seasons one and two. Season one, I don't think it was technically a two se- like a two episode season finale, but well, it I mean, felt like a three he, episode season finale because he even basically one, died la- in the first. Are they just alternating? Because <laughs> Dean basically dies in the season one finale, yeah. right? Sam dies in the season two finale. 
Dean dies in the season three <laughs> finale. Is Sam going to die in the season four finale? Well, I guess you'll just have to watch and see. Have I cracked the code? <laughs> so the end of season five, Dean dies? Is this Yeah. Your... <laughs> and then Sam dies and then Dean dies and then Sam... Are they just like... <laughs> you'll just have to wait and see. Sorry. John does actually die in the first episode of season two. So I'm going to count that as a season one finale. Yeah. Does I... that just mean they're going to find like a different Winchester to kill? Like every... <laughs> every season... Like, you know, it was John between one and two. Uh-huh. And then you had Sam between two and three. And uh-huh. then you've got Dean between three and four. And then, like, I don't know, fucking Mary comes back to life and then they kill her <laughs> off again. And then maybe they bring John back and they, kill him again. They would bring him back And then, you know, they've got a half-sister or some fucking shit that they kill <laughs> off in the next one. And then, you know, you know that uncle that they've never <laughs> met before? He dies the in the one that after that. The doesn't fucking exist because Mary's an only child. Yeah. <laughs> then maybe, yeah, like maybe their grandparents after that. Then maybe Bobby because let's face it, he's more family to them than anyone else. <laughs> and then, you know, after uh, Dean and Cass get married, they finally kill Cass off. <laughs> that last one wasn't funny. <laughs> but you're laughing. Oh, yeah, it's the trauma. Um, <laughs> I'm not laughing out of humour, I'm laughing out of pain. One other thing that mm-hmm. I do want to mention on this episode is that at the very end of the recap, when they're playing, you know, Carry On Wayward Son, and it's like, oh, it's the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. doing the whole thing. At the very end, there's like a beat of silence, and then it flashes to the scene where Dean is being confronted by himself with the black eyes, and mm-hmm. he says, you're going to die, and this is what you're going to become. I love that they used that clip that way. Every... I know. I did actually. I didn't skip the recap in time, so I actually saw like the last half of it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's De- that's like Beth's favorite Dean scene. I loved that use of that clip. Gets me every time. I love that whole that whole scene from that episode three ten. And I just thought it was. I thought it was very effective to use it, mm-hmm. especially as they left that like beat of silence and then like threw it in right at the end there. So yeah. it's kind of like a, a joke. For you the almost thought that like it was over and they were going into the main episode, and then it was like, oh no, we've seen this before. Yeah. So now that, that Dean's in hell, we, there is a chance we get Demon Dean. Mm. Demon Dean. Is that something that you would like? Ooh, I think I would. But, like, I don't know if we're going to get it because, like, normally demons don't look like what they did when they were living. True. So, like, I know Jensen Ackles plays Dean. Yeah. So if he's Demon Dean, not necessarily going to be played by Jensen Ackles. I you, I can't tell you anything, Jamie. You're, like, looking at me. <laughs> I'm trying to connect the dots. <laughs> But that's something that that's something that you think you would like. Yeah. It's like a concept. Yeah. I still want Sam to have died, and in the process of having died, gone to hell, like being in hell or something, enhances his powers. Yeah. And then he's suddenly leader of hell, and then he comes back to Dean, like, "Yo, what up, bro? I'm alive." <laughs> More so, King of Hell, but that's like inconsequential. That's fine. Yeah. And then Dean has an entire season where he's just flipping out because his brother's king of hell and he's trying (laughs) to like save Sam or whatever and like Sam's like nah man I'm fine. (laughs) I love I love that as just a a concept. (laughs) Did you have anything you wanted to discuss? Lilith could literally crush Sam like a bug. Well she tried. She tried and she couldn't but Mm. you know like literally anyone can kill Sam. Anyone but her. You just have to have a gun and shoot him. Like, it yeah. Would... You don't have to use magic powers. No. You can just, like, yeah. throw him off a cliff or something. Yeah, whereas you can't just, like, shoot Lilith. So it kind of... 
I know that they establish at the end of this that Lilith can't kill him with her magic hand wavy fucking bullshit, right? <laughs> yeah. But it just, it feels inherently unbalanced because not only can Sam not kill Lilith, nobody can really kill Lilith. Like, what? you need specialised equipment to kill this bitch, whereas, like, you could stab Sam. Like, if she was less <laughs> of a coward, she literally could have just telekinesis a knife at Sam and it would have fucking killed him. What confuses me about this scene with Lilith is that she had no problems throwing him against a wall. Yeah. But then she couldn't actually, like, and I'm like, well, what? where do you draw the line? between she is able to use her powers on Sam and she is not able to use her powers on Sam. Like, like where is the line? she just threw him onto a wall against the fucking spike? Literally. What if there was a coat rack or some shit there? <laughs> like from like, the other episode. Yeah. Like, exactly. What if something just fell on his head? Like, what if she threw him against a wall and, like, a big-ass trophy fell off a shelf and whacked him on the noggin? Like, the number of times that Sam is concussed in this show, I swear to fucking God, this boy has permanent brain damage and they just refuse to admit it. Like, yeah, like, all she had to do was throw him against the wall with something sticking out of it, and he would be dead. Yeah. Like, what? Or just, like, magic the knife out of their, his hand yeah. and just use that against yeah. him. Yeah. Your and magic- the demon knife would fucking work on Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it indefinitely would kill him. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. We've established the demon knife specifically works against demons unlike other knives, but it also works like a normal knife. Exactly. So like, either way, Sam will die. You could just kill with a knife. You could kill with a demon knife. It's fine. Like, it's not that deep. Or, like, maybe it is if you stab it in <laughs> real hard, but... Wait, I don't think we ever see Sam stabbed with the demon knife, but if we did... It'd be interesting to see what would happen because of the demon blood. Yeah, would he go sparkly-sparkly like the demons do with the orange? Or would he just die like a human? Ooh. I like the way you're thinking. I like the way I'm thinking. That's fucking fascinating, that. Maybe, maybe, maybe it goes sparkly a little bit? Yeah. Just like representing killing the little bit of demon he's got in him. Yeah. Because he's like not a full demon. Like they, they established yeah, that with like concentration. Um, Jake. Because yeah. Jake could cross into the, the eye. so and, could Sam, yeah. And so could Sam. Like they established that like... You're not a full-blown Dean demon. specifically says, like, no full-blown demons getting mm-hmm. in there. So, like, they're not full-blown demons because they can get in there. Yeah. Basic logic. I know. I'm a genius. You know? <laughs> so, like, it'd be interesting to see. Like, yeah. Would it sparkle, like, a little bit? I kind of want to stab Sam just Like, let's do, let's do science. But no, because, yeah, it's, it's sort of like, at what point... Yeah. Like, how much demon blood? There are so many questions about Sam and the, like, proportion of demon blood that, like, at this point in time, we can't fathom even. Yeah. Because, like, here's the thing. Like, last episode, I talked a little bit about Sam and demon blood and the mechanics of how it works. Yeah. And, like, you have to assume the demon blood has some way of, like, increasing its volume to have any sort of effect. Yeah. Because, like... He didn't get that much demon blood out as a baby. But my other thing is, like, it's not like he was intravenously put into his bloodstream. Like, it was dripped into his mouth. He ate a little bit. Like, that's it. Like, maybe drank a little bit. Is that more appropriate? I don't know. He's a baby. He, like, it just entered his mouth. I don't think Sam did much. (laughs) But no, so it's like, you've kind of got to assume there's some sort of way for it to actually, like, both have an impact on the body. Yeah. 
and hang around for long enough to be something that even 20 years later when every cell in the human body has regenerated three times over. Yeah. I wonder if it's like um, antibodies. Like, you know, like, mm. if you're sick and your body produces the antibodies to fight off the illness, and then, like, a couple, like, residually hang out in your in your immune system so that if you encounter uh, the same bug again, they flare back up and then you recover quicker. So it's not necessarily... Like a vaccine. We've talked about it like a vaccine a couple of times. Yeah. As an analogy. So it's not necessarily, like, the blood is still in his system. It's sort of like his system-developed preventative measures to stop it from being a risk to himself. I don't, to be perfectly honest, I'm not really sure, like, where I'm going with this. I'm just trying to think, because we've talked about it being, Either like, it's in his blood. And the show talks about it being in his blood, but it's not in his, like, it could be. But how did it get, like, because he ingested it. My thing is, like, obviously, like, it's something that is absorbed. Yeah, like, like more like a nutrient yeah. than, than anything else. And nutrients, like, you know, you've got your fat-soluble nutrients, they hang around in, like, you can store those. Yeah. I guess, and like you just like they so are released you as you need them. And fat soluble nutrients. <laughs> yeah, fucking could be. You know, vitamin D is in there. And you're fat soluble. <laughs> Look, I think what makes sense to me in my brain and how I'm gonna think about it moving forward because there's too many fucking possibilities to this shit. Yeah. I don't think they put anywhere near this much effort thinking about how it actually. <laughs> they were like, works. oh, demon blood, cool, and we we're like, okay, but like scientifically, how yeah. would you? <laughs> I think I'm gonna think of it like a virus. Okay. So the virus gets into the body through uh-huh. the mouth yeah, and then it reproduces yeah. and a little like cancer cells, it just keeps on self-reproducing mm-hmm. and pushes the other normal cells out the way. So instead okay. of Sam's body producing normal blood cells, mm-hmm. it started producing demon, demon blood, blood cells. Okay. So in theory then with the longer Sam is alive, the more percentage he becomes demon than human? Yeah. Ooh, that's a bit spicy. Fun implications. Yeah, well, that's fun, especially given that all of the special ch- children are par- like it appear takes a to mature at about twenty-two. Yeah. yeah, for the demon blood to reach a potent level, like a toxin. Mm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, I guess you'll have to wait and see. I'm gonna assume we never get like a solid answer for how this fucking bullshit works. <laughs> we get more information. Okay. Like, I, I cannot give you. But look, More than that. my demon blood sippy cup thing still works with this theory <laughs> because you could theoretically ingest more demon blood and have it just like chilling in your system. Just vibing. Yeah. Just like, what do we say? Like vitamins before. So yeah. like. <laughs> Increasing the amount of um, demon blood. You so have, instead you of just... getting like a B12 shot, you're just like doing a shot. <laughs> it's like, you know, like the carrot juice shots or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You get in like the little tiny... Like your cult yeah. bottles? Instead of doing like a Barocca or whatever. You... No, I'm imagining like your cult. Your cult, your cult. Oh, the little milks. Yeah, the little like fermented milks. But it's just blood. And you like rip the cult off and go. Ew, so you think Sam's going to wake up and just do it. Instead of having like waking up and doing a shot of espresso, he's just doing a shot of demon blood. Where would he get it from? I don't know. All, all, all I want to say buy that wholesale. <laughs> all, all I want to say is, look, I think the image of Sam like trying to hide like demon blood in a coffee mug, very funny. <laughs> so I want it to be a possibility under my theory. So I'm building my theory around the fact that that could be a possibility because I think that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> to be like, ah, yes, I need more demon blood today. I've got to deal with customers. Oh, good god. 
Look, and the great thing is, you can't tell me I'm wrong. Because if you tell me I'm wrong, that defeats the purpose it's, of this podcast. It's Schrodinger's Supernatural podcast. Like, <laughs> you can't be right or wrong. I'm both simultaneously. <laughs> well, at least in your mind. In my mind, I know. Yeah, because you're, you're a, a clever one who put a camera in the box to see if the cat's alive or dead. I am very excited to hear more about your the good supernatural that lives in your head that you're looking forward to for season four in our actual season four pre-thoughts, which is kind of what this has become. Look, I'm having fun! <laughs> I'm also having, I... I'm having a wonderful time. Do not get me wrong. However... Oh, I do want to talk about how bad Dean's death scene is. Oh, okay. It's bad. Yeah, I don't love it. They made choices. None of them are good. Yeah. Including having Dean have a death scene in the first place. Yeah. That's not because I'm emotionally connected to the ball boat. I'm just saying <laughs> from, like, a emotional payoff point of view, meh, I knew it was coming. I've known for, like, an entire fucking season. Yeah. I think the emotional payoff comes from... <sighs> I don't want to spoil it. But the emotional payoff comes from other characters. Okay. <laughs> like, concerned. <laughs> for, okay, so I don't think this is a spoiler, so I'm okay. going to tell you. But obviously, in the fallout of this, Sam and Bobby are going to have to deal with Dean's death. Mm. And so you get the emotional payoff in. Look, Sam's got their... plenty of practice, it's fine. In... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we get, we get, obviously... Oh, oh my god! Imagine what? if, like, okay, look, I know this isn't what got... But imagine if this was all part of the Trickster's fucking alternate <laughs> loopy universe. You think we're still stuck in Tuesday? Yes! You think that this episode, like, it's gonna... It's Sam forever. closes his eyes and it starts with... Heat of the <laughs> He wakes up in Tuesday again! Jesus Christ. In can you imagine like that's I, the intro music to 401 I know that that's not what they're going to do because that's so un- that's so unhinged very unhinged it's actually but it would have been a really fun way if they sort of they wrote okay so they wrote themselves into this corner right yeah what a fun way to get themselves out of it <laughs> Oh, it's fucking funny. And you know what? Supernatural is like one of the only shows that could do that and get away with it. Yeah. Look, I know it's not what they're going to do, but I think that would... His, if they really got to this point where they were like, oh, fuck, like, we really fucked up. The end of season three was... We don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. That would have been a really fun way to, like... I wonder if someone pitched it. <laughs> I wonder if someone was like, look, guys. <laughs> I think it would have been a really fun do. way to, like, reboot it. Because then you could basically reboot... You could redo. Back to Mystery Spot. And you could redo that... Sort of second... Like, the last five episodes. second and a half, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Look, I don't think they went into season four with, like, oh, look how badly we fucking screwed up. We need to reboot <laughs> back to Mystery Spot. But, no. like, they theoretically it's like, could. It's like when you're playing a computer game and you're just like, you're like, you know what, I fucked this up. I'm going to reopen my last save. <laughs> Exactly. They've got the framework in there to do it. 50-50, I guess. It either will be that or it won't be that. Anyway, we should really start wrapping this up because this is getting way too far into our season four predictions, which is actually going to be a whole other episode. So if you are excited to hear more of Jamie's thoughts as to what she's hoping for or worried about or expecting or predicting for seasons four, then stick around, I guess, because that'll drop the week after this. 
I think is the usual. We'll either drop it with this or, the week after this. Honestly, given the amount of discussion we've just had, it might be worth dropping it simultaneously. I guess you'll find out. Either it'll be there when you hear this or it won't. <laughs> Look, it'll be coming. We will release a season four three. A season four three? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love a season 43. <laughs> we will be releasing season four three. <laughs> <laughs> will we? Season 43 is just our fanfic. <laughs> we will be releasing season four pre-thoughts at some point. Because we've done it every other season. It'd be weird not to. It'd be weird not to. Plus, Beth really likes structure and stuff. Yeah. I'm a sucker for structure. Shocking that we have none. <laughs> yeah, actually, good fucking point. Okay, so I think that just about does it for this week's episode. Uh, no Rest for the Wicked, which is a season three finale. Jamie, how would you rate this episode out of five? I'm probably going to give it, like, I don't know, like maybe a three out of five. It was fine. I'm expecting more out of the season finale. Yeah, it felt but like also a general it did give episode. me creepy little girl love. It genuinely felt pretty much exactly like any other episode up until the last two minutes. Like, it didn't feel like a finale. No. It felt like a finale because of Carry On Wayward Son. Yeah. And because Dean dies at the end and we are left on that cliffhanger of him in hell. But the whole middle 40 <laughs> minutes was just like any fucking episode. It felt a lot like Juice and Mellow. Same vibes. No, I and then you just sort of sandwich it between like the finale bits. The next episode, which will be the first episode of season four, is titled Lazarus Rising. Do you have any thoughts, feelings, predictions, fears, hopes, dreams? Okay, so I feel like the first episode of season four mm-hmm. is where we finally get the gay angel. And like you've said, I like the gay angel. I don't always trust you, but like sometimes I do. So I'm like, I'm hoping that the gay angel is like a revolution. People on Twitter have also said that you'll like the gay angel. Abigail and KJ have also said you'll like the gay angel. It's not just me. It's not just me. (laughs) We all think you'll like Cass. So I'm hoping that A, I'm correct and this is the introduction of him. Yeah. And B, I like him as much as you guys say I like him. And it actually makes enjoying like it enjoyable to watch Supernatural. <laughs> but it's yeah. a lot of pressure. If that does in fact happen, if those two things come to pass, uh-huh. a third thing will also come to pass, and I'm gonna warn you about it now. Okay. I will be insufferable any episode where he is not there. <laughs> that is valid. Literally, the number of jokes about like any episode that Cass isn't in is just a pointless episode. <laughs> Like, you know that gif of the guy who's, like, asleep with his arms crossed and then he wakes up and he starts clapping? That gif gets used, like, every time it's like, (laughs) it's like, oh, Cass is going to be in an episode? Okay. (laughs) Like, I'm here. Yeah, literally. It's okay. So, do you have any other thoughts about that episode? Do you have, like, a backup in case you're incorrect? (laughs) To add on to that, Mm -hmm. uh, not so much, like, pivoting, but, like, Like, piggybacking. Yeah, Yeah, piggybacking on... I'm going to assume they're going to deal with the consequences of Dean being in hell. Mm-hmm. Feels like it would be a weird choice to leave your character in hell for a bit. And Lazarus rising sounds vaguely biblical. So maybe Cass is introduced because it's an angelic intervention and Dean's not dead anymore. Wow. <laughs> okay. Do you think it's going to pick straight up? So, like, you think they're going to pick it up pretty much immediately from where we left off? I don't know. That, it 
I'm only asking because you said, like, they'll obviously mm-hmm. resolve that issue. Yeah. Like, but then again, you did say there is emotional fallout with Sam and Bobby. Maybe there's, like, a bit of time before the resolution. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, they're going to put some angst in there. Like, the writers are like, <laughs> to be fair, they squeezed a lot of angst into the 12 hours that Sam was dead. So Yeah. The writers are literally just like, is anyone going to traumatise these characters? Don't wait for an answer and they do it anyway. <laughs> Obviously, Sam and Bobby are going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Lilith is still a threat. Somewhere, yeah. She's Whether she can magic kill Sam or not, she's still there and she's still a threat. It's not like Sam's immortal. Just because he's not vulnerable to, like, her magic neck snappy fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean that he's immortal. Like, yeah. he could still die. He has died. He has, in fact. He, he, he has, in fact, been proven to be vulnerable to knives. <laughs> Specifically, yeah. It's an established character flaw. <laughs> vulnerable to knives is a character flaw for you. 100%. But, right. Okay, okay, okay. So... So your prediction is, your prediction is that gay angel question mark angelic saved Dean from hell. Sam Bobby sad. I mean, I think that's fair and valid. <laughs> All right, cool. Did you want to tag anything else on the end there? Remembering we will do a full season four pre thoughts. I think that I think that stands alone. Okay, cool. So if you would like to interact with us at all after listening to Blab on for an hour, you can always chat to Jamie over on Twitter. I feel like she is super invested in this concept of demon blood mechanics, like on a molecular level. What the fuck is going on? I don't give a shit about the overarching plot implications of it. (laughs) I just want to know how the fuck did like three drops of demon blood as a baby, like a literal infant, somehow still become an issue like 22 odd years later. What the fuck did this demon blood do at a molecular level to this person? That they're having to deal with this bullshit Mm. two decades later. So if you're a science nerd... (laughs) I don't think it's unreasonable. (laughs) Hit Jamie up on Twitter. And if you And I will also lurk because, like, it's fascinating. If you want to talk to Beth, you can find her on the Tumblr. You should tell her (laughs) if you think Freckles is a dog or a cat. Or do you think it's something else? Is it, like, a rabbit? Freckles could be a bird. We didn't even consider that as a possibility. Or a lizard. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back with our season four pre-thoughts and then the first episode of season four, Lazarus Rising. Holy shit. Three I'm, whole seasons. I'm fucking pumped. I'm so glad we're at season four. You have no idea. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>